Well, howdy, everybody. It's time for another podcast of Thinking Beyond, Conversations with Strategic Thinkers. And I am David Flint, uh, the podcast host, but my co-host, as always, across the internet in this COVID time is Joan Quintana. Howdy, Joan. Howdy, David. Good to see you. Yeah, we're actually looking at each other via the internet. (laughs) Oh, the times that we live in. (laughs) So on the podcast today, who is our guest? We have a wonderful guest today. She is Janet Janet Marcantonio, and she is an executive professor in the Mays Business School at Texas A&M University. She works and has worked for the last 13 years, particularly in the full-time MBA program and also with the professional MBA program. And she focuses on the capstone projects and particularly interesting is her work with the Individualized Leadership Development Program there at the Mays MBA program. Yeah, she has been um, there at Mays longer than I have been at Mays and and I have enjoyed getting to know her. I know the MBA students benefit greatly from having her involvement with them. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. I think it should be a really interesting conversation. Uh, Janet has been using Vero with her students, and so it'll be good to hear how that's been going. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go ahead and get on to that conversation then. All right, let's go. Well, howdy, Janet. How are you? Howdy, David. I'm, I'm great. Thank you. Good. Well, thanks for coming on to the podcast. and. Uh, I know that we have a lot to talk about today because we've been interacting with each other for a long time now at Texas A&M. But to start off with, I I do want you to uh, tell anybody who happens to listen to this podcast a little bit about who you are and your position at Mays and what brought you to where you are today. So uh, I'll let you take it away and kind of tell your story here. And I, I may ask questions along the way, though. Okay, uh, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm Janet Marcantonio. I have been at Texas A&M teaching at Mays Business School for the last 13 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is my pleasure every year to meet a new group of MBA students uh, in the full-time and professional MBA programs and lead their capstone experience as well as the individualized leadership development experience in our full-time MBA program. Uh, What has brought me here, uh, a long and winding road of life experience, as it is for most of us. Uh, I started my uh, education and career on the humanities side of the house. So I have a PhD in English. I have a teaching background, but uh, a number of years of work in the nonprofit sector as a program administrator. Uh, I worked at the Rockefeller Foundation in New York and the Chartwell Center in New Orleans, as well as um, Helen Keller International also in New York. So I have a heart for um, lifting people up and making the world better. Um, one person, one program at a time. I think I have the heart of an educator. So I love uh, meeting students, understanding their goals, 
helping them get to a place better than they found themselves when they uh, when they joined our program. Uh, what else can I tell you? Well, you know, being a, there in New York and working with all the not-for-profits and everything, what brought you to Aggieland? Yes, I guess the short answer to that would be Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans <laughs> back in 2005. So I had a decade uh, of life and work in New York City and then roughly a decade in New Orleans. And then I relocated to College Station with my family about a year after Hurricane Katrina. Um, this is the furthest west that I've ever lived in the United States. Uh, I'm an East Coast person, born and raised in North Carolina, uh, attended school up and down the East Coast. Uh, I, was, I served as a Peace Corps volunteer in West Africa after I graduated from university. That was probably my greatest transformational learning experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think being in Aggieland, um, I, I didn't really know anything about Texas A&M before we canvassed university homes. My husband is also an academic a profession, uh, professor of geochemistry here at A&M. Mm -hmm. And I did not... Um, really understand what was special about Texas A&M, but having been here now for 13 years, I have not been exposed to or connected with an institution of higher education that has the, the heart for selfless service uh, that this place does. The Aggie Network is a real thing. Universities talk a lot about their networks, but here in, at A&M, uh, the Aggie Network is really a living, breathing, part of, yes. of who we are, and that inspires me a great deal. Yeah, people don't understand that, that Texas A&M, Aggieland, and the Aggie Network really has many unique qualities as compared to other universities. It's, it's a very interesting place. <laughs> that, that is for sure, and I need to call on others very often in developing capstone projects or supporting students who have individualized goals. And I am always able to reach out and have a robust response uh, for any needs that the current group of students has here. Mm -hmm. We Aggies tend to help each other. That's true. And we also tend to help other people as well. So it, it, it kind of evens out. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Okay, so now tell me a little bit more about what you do with these MBA students who are not always, you know, I'm, I'm making a big generalization here, but MBA students are not often thought of as malleable, and yet you, you put them through a process of development and, and try to help them uh, mature and think about things and their careers in new ways. So, so tell me more about what your role is there and, and what you are trying to do. Yes, so uh, specifically in our individualized leadership development experience, our MBAs come in average age 28 in our full-time MBA program. So they have distinguished themselves largely as individual contributors in their line of work mm -hmm. to that point in life and career. Uh, some of them have managed teams. We have about um, 15 to 20% of the class with military background. And so they have had training 
to help them understand who they are, how to master their personality so that they can turn themselves over to the service of others. But our students are in different places as far as understanding their strengths and weaknesses, um, what allows them to excel and then what may be holding them back or what behaviors they have that can get in the way of other people uh, when they work with other people. And so one big goal is to create an environment of trust, a safe space where students can share their assessment results and engage in um, a year-long process of reflection um, to really catch themselves at moments when they have um, um, lessons to learn from their experience on the good side as well as on the, the side of self-improvement. Our goal um, is across the 18 months to have students come in and transform from you know, thinking more about themselves and how they shine as an individual to how they can help others succeed with them um, in, in a larger effort or larger initiative. So that, that really uh, means that they have to master themselves, motivation, values, strengths, and well, over the years, I know you've been, you know, working on developing the the leadership track and, and what you have them do. And I know that you have continued to develop and refine the capstone projects. What are some of the things that you've learned in doing that process over the years? Wow, what a great question. I have learned so many things and I'm a learner also. Um, to, to point to one of the assessments that we use. And so when you ask me a question like that, it opens my mind in so many different ways. I think that one thing that I learned um, and our program and our faculty community, uh, everybody was nervous about calling on students to open up, if you will. Um, we train ourselves in society to project confidence at all times, you know, to never let others see you sweat, um, to always have that elevator pitch story, that go-to story uh, ready to pull out when someone asks you about a weakness uh, or a time when you wish you had done something differently. And I have learned that uh, if we build it well, which we have, um, the students, eagerly lean in and um, want to talk about the things that hold them back or those um, behaviors mm -hmm. that, that get in their way or that sabotage their success. So I, I have learned not to be afraid of, um, you know, helping people, helping people open up and be real with themselves. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That, that really is interesting in, in that also is, well, again, I'm making a big generalization and a little bit of a guess here. That also is probably not typical of MBA programs. Um, that my relatively limited- I, I believe that's true. I've been yeah. invited, a, go, go ahead, David, sorry. No, it's, I was just saying, you know, my knowledge about MBA programs is somewhat limited, you know, probably more than the average person, but, you know, that, that is unusual, yeah. I have heard that it's unusual. Um, I have been invited to visit a couple of programs and 
just talk with people. Like you said, my familiarity is also limited to my network and those connections that I have, but I don't think there is another MBA program that is tackling uh, the individual growth in the way that we are here at Maze. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that would be my impression too. And of course, with a limited number of observations, but um, I've been impressed the more that I have learned about what you're doing with them and interacted with them over the years. Um, I've been impressed how it has continued to develop and deepen uh, what you do with them and, and how the students engage with that process. So yeah, very interesting. Um, which brings me to a question that I, I, I told you I wanted to talk to you about. Now, this was not because I suggested it. <laughs> Let me be clear about that. But you decided that you wanted to use the VRO framework as part of this individual leadership development program. So why, why did you want to do that? Let me answer that um, by taking one step back from the question. So one thing that we have as a core principle in our capstone courses is that frameworks are leadership assets uh -huh. for, for MBAs. Um, when we engage in grad, graduate study, including MBA study, uh, we are exposed to many frameworks, which is a way to organize, compartmentalize, store knowledge, uh, mm -hmm. store wisdom, often research-based. Um, I don't have to tell you this, uh, Dr. Flint, professor of strategy. <laughs> just to pull the Porter's frameworks off the shelf uh, for a quick mental model. Yeah. A framework is a very useful tool because once you have learned it and mastered it and seen how it can be applied, it becomes a movable feast, if mm -hmm. you will. It becomes one of your leadership assets. You can use it in any situation in which you find yourself. You can use it to guide a conversation with other people when you're running a business, for example. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I meet a framework, having worked with MBAs for a number of years, I have a good sense of how it might be helpful to MBA students at any point in their life or journey. And when I met VReal, it, it was a slam dunk for me that that was a business framework that our students could use in Capstone, in our Venture Challenge, uh, competition, which you're familiar with, and then in the future as strategic business leaders. So when they are managers or in the C-suite or starting their own business and the company faces, um, as all companies do, uh, problems, good times, bad times, but needing always to look to the future and longevity that our students could use that framework. It would add some real heft and put some meat on their bones from a technical business strategic perspective. At the same time, our students go through the process of understanding themselves deeply so that they can master their own behaviors, choices, uh, understanding of their stress behaviors and what puts them at their best. And that VReal, even as they could use it to look outward and guide others, they could use it to look inward and keep tabs at any moment in time on what was enabling and eroding. And that's often really how we view ourselves, right? Um, 
the enabling eroding is very different for how we use it in ILD, in individualized leadership, than how we ask our students to use it as business thinkers. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And, uh, and you have recently shared with me um, some of the students' um, assignments that they turned into you. I hesitate to use the word assignment, but I guess it kind of was an assignment um, where they were self-identifying how they were bringing value to others and what were, in their opinion, you know, key enabling factors in their lives and key eroding factors in their lives. And, and I found that very interesting to read through those. Um, it seemed at, at the time, and I have mentioned this to you earlier um, before we started recording this podcast, it seemed to me that, that there was a strong focus on teamwork in the way that they were thinking about VRail, which is, is great. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if there's a, a way that VRail is permeating into them that's not just focused on the teamwork aspect though do you do you have a good read on that so i think that those are entwined for our mbas and here's here's how i'll explain that um it's nothing really novel but you've heard the cliche what got you here won't get you there. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. I think our students uh, coming in, having had different life journeys, we have international students, students with military backgrounds, students of all ethnicities, um, different genders, they have different goals. Whoever they are, the leap that they take in this program, um, for them to really use that MBA as, as a leader, um, you know, leaders can take different roles. They can be knowledge specialists with smaller team responsibilities. Mm -hmm. They can be directive leaders or delegative leaders or managers with direct reports that then cascade down to a number of people with large goals for an organization. But whatever uh, our students do with their MBA, they have to have, have transformed from thinking that it's uh, really about me and my needs and my perspective and my goals uh, and my career trajectory, which of course it is always about us yeah. and our goals and our career trajectory, yeah. but they have to realize that to have that career trajectory that they aspire to, to impact the world, they have to get, get past the self, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so we focus on that um, with different activities throughout the 18 months. I think at the moment that we piloted VReal, so the assignment that you referred to here, the moment that we piloted VReal was really about focusing on that transformation from I to we. Uh, here's one other thing I'll add. Uh, we, we talk about the fact that we don't get too many fresh starts in life as, as adults. You know, as kids, we have a new school year every year and life seems full of fresh starts. By the time we're 28, 30 and upward, uh, we don't change jobs every single year. Um, we don't get a brand new start in our career, a pivot off of a graduate program very often. And our students get uh, a couple of fresh starts. They get a fresh start for their summer internship. 
-hmm. then they get a fresh start with that full-time job, which they get at the end of their 18 months with us. And with a fresh start, we have the opportunity to reintroduce ourselves uh, to people or freshly introduce ourselves and become known for our best. So um, the V and V real, how, how do I create value? As humans, we're very prone to first impression bias, you know, maybe seven seconds to make that really quick first impression right. and right. a few minutes to, to bake it in. And then, you know, a few weeks for someone to really say, okay, I understand David Plant, you know, here's what happens when he shows up, here's the value he brings. So this assignment, um, even as students were thinking about transforming from uh, I to we as part of their leadership brand, they were also thinking about when I hit the ground running with my internship, what do I want people to appreciate about me? What can I deliver consistently? And then how am I going to do that to make sure that I have a positive um, identity in the minds of other people. That was another um, specific focus of this assignment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was very interesting to read through. And um, because I had worked with this particular cohort of students, um, it, it, it leapt out to me at times as I was reading some of them, you know, um, based on my interactions with them, I could see where they were coming from. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. It was yes, good. well, it's so great to have you back in the core full-time MBA uh, curriculum this year. That's been a high point of the year for me, and I look forward to seeing what we can do next year. Yeah, I, I enjoyed working with this cohort. It's a good cohort. Um, I hope some of them listen to this podcast and hear me say that. <laughs> I, I can nudge them in that direction, if you wish. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, so now let's let's take the conversation here um, in a slightly different direction. Um, so, in thinking about yourself and your career and and where you are and where you're headed and everything, um, can you apply VReal to yourself a little bit for me? Uh, yes, I'm sure that I can, and I did not anticipate that question. <laughs> I thought I might surprise you with it. <laughs> yeah, of course you uh, you always do, and and I I welcome that. You always push me to think deeply in a valuable way. I think that at different ages and stages, uh, revisiting V-real thinking has great value. One constant. Uh, is that we have a limited uh, time on Earth. I'm not sure the average life expectancy in developed world or in the in the U.S. currently, mid-80s. Uh, I, I aspire to live that long. Uh, that means I have about 30 years and a few more chapters to go. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that um, at this point in my career, so I told you that I have a heart for education and a passion for leaving others and, and places better than I found them. Mm -hmm. I think that is my calling, you know, why I put my feet on the floor every day and get up and go to work. And it always has been and always will be. So one, one touchstone question that I ask myself is, am I creating value? I'm, I'm constantly asking that. Mm -hmm. And I feel very lucky to have 
come to Texas A&M to have been given an opportunity to be transformational in the MBA program through the courses that I teach. And so as long as the efforts that I'm taking, the collaborations that I'm pursuing, the high touch small group interactions that I have with my students, as long as I know and get validation from students that it's making an impact on their lives and their growth, I have value really taken, taken care of for me. Mm-hmm. I also uh, am very committed to my family. And I think that my, my job has given me the right work-life balance to fulfill my commitments you know, to my husband, to my children, mm-hmm. to my extended family. So I, f- I feel good about the value that I'm creating in the world. Uh, these, all of the self-awareness that we do with students, I turn that on myself um, a great deal. It's been very uh, liberating. You know, I'm not afraid of my own weaknesses any longer and being securely vulnerable with my students. I can do that in a way that doesn't detract from my competence or my credibility. And I think the language of eroding, enabling, is something that I call to mind, if not on a daily basis, then you know several times a week at, at least. So when I'm in the zone and things are going well and I'm doing what I need to be doing and feeling full of energy, I don't need to think quite as much. But when something is out of whack, I'm able to think, okay, what's eroding my success mm-hmm. at, this, at this moment and what do I need to do to take care of that? And my favorite letter of V Real is the L in in longevity. Uh-huh. I think that we are not here, um, you know, for an indefinite amount of time, and we really are that set of tall shoulders that the next generation stands on. And so, as as I look forward, you know, I'm, I'm even more excited about the rest of my life if you will, because I feel like I'm in, in a place where I can, can give back and continue to grow myself. And I want to, I want to finish strong. Uh, being in my mid-50s, I want to have um, you know, three, three more chapters in my career when I continue to do things that, that impact others. So I see longevity as, as inspirational. I know it's analytical within VReal also. With creative destruction, you know, we, we know right. that businesses don't uh, last forever. Mm-hmm. Their, their time is limited. And so we're looking, not negatively, but right in between negative and positive objectively, right? With right. What, what should the business do now, uh, given the external reality and the internal competence? But for me, the Ellen longevity is very inspiring because I, w- I want to live through um, the changes that my students make during their time with me. Uh, and they have, you know, 60, 60 years left in their careers. Mm-hmm. Wow, that was, that was a really good answer. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, um, you made me smile. That was good. <laughs> I can picture I can picture your smile, even though I can't see it, given the COVID nineteen rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I told you before we we started recording today that you know these these podcasts are not necessarily meant to be just one directional, and that you know it's 
it, it's very possible for us to dialogue about something. So is there anything that, that you want to talk about with me today? <laughs> yes. And I could, I could take it two directions. Um, one, let, let me take it both places and you can decide how to spend the time in, in answering. Okay. But this has been our first year to work very closely with V-Real on the table. Right. And we, we worked on it um, in Capstone last fall. And mm -hmm. then we brought it to Venture Challenge and students were able to use it alongside the business model canvas and the quick look market assessment and the valuation methods they have studied as a, as a key framework. And now you have seen the um, experiment that we did in individualized leadership development with using VReal at a key moment in the students' experience right before they go off to internship. So what do you see as possibilities as we start with a new crew of MBAs? I just saw them for admitted students weekend two weeks ago. We will um, get up close and start working very deeply with them here in July. What can VReal be in MBA education here at Mays and perhaps at other institutions also? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. And you're kind of catching me off guard now, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. Uh, make me think a little bit. Um, I think it might be wise for us to consider introducing VReal in some way a little bit sooner. Um, they were halfway through their first year and there were many things happening at that time. Um, and I'm not necessarily thinking that we need to uh, try and, and introduce it in a, in a huge way, but it might be good for them to start bumping into it a little bit sooner. Mm. Um, that way, when I am interacting with them there in the middle of their first year, um, it's not entirely unfamiliar to them at that point. I think you're absolutely right about that. And I can make that happen from where I engage with the students. I think, I think in our program, we have strategy at the end of the first year. Mm -hmm. I often wish that we started with strategy and ended with strategy. Yeah. Perhaps mm -hmm. as we redesign curriculum to be more competency-based and less um, traditionally credit hour-based, we might make some moves in that direction. But I, I think that's a great point. Start starting early and then touching back to it in different contexts. Yes, especially since you are are using it pretty rigorously now as part of that that ILD, the individual leadership development. Um, you know, letting them hear it at least um, there early on, so that they kind of know it's it's coming. They know that mm -hmm. at least it's important. And, and of course, if they want to know more, they can always learn more pretty easily that way. Um, but that way, when I am interacting with them, it would be easier, I think, for us to um, expand on their use of that, that thinking 
uh, quicker and deeper. Absolutely. Done. It will be done earlier, and then we will learn uh, what is possible this year. So here, here's my other question. I admire you for many things, including the fact that you wrote about V-Real. You have made it immortal uh, by putting it in a book and then allowing people to appreciate it, um, you know, even when they're not with you in a classroom. And I know that you and Joan Quintana have partnered on taking V-Real out to the world. Now that you have reached the place that, that you are with Be Real, having the book behind you, having established the value creation company, uh, when you look toward longevity, what is your dream for what Be Real can, can become in the coming years? Um, that is a hard question. I have, I have actually had other people ask me a, a variant on that question several times. And I'm not sure that I have come up with a really great answer. So maybe you can help me as I talk here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, you know, I I never really thought about V-Real being anything other than just a little tool that I had in my pocket that I used with students and and mentoring and consulting and things like that. And I I had never really thought of, of it being something to introduce to the world at large until I was prompted to do this several years ago by others. And um, I have been consistently surprised by how others have um, accepted, adopted, used, expanded on the use of <laughs> this little V-Real framework, you know, and, and I have never thought that it was, um, you know, you, <laughs> you actually made me chuckle a little bit when you said the word immortal, you know, um, <laughs> I, I have never really thought of it as, as being something that, um, you know, lasts beyond me, but I have come to realize over the last couple of years, that this probably will last beyond me, and I'm I'm happy about that. Um, but I'm still I'm still a little clueless about um, you know what that looks like and and what will be most effective in helping that to happen. Um, you know, the world is awash with people who have secret formulas, you know, and potions <laughs> and, you know, hidden algorithms. And they're, they're trying to sell those to people on a daily basis, you know, and um, I, I don't ever want people to think of V-Real that way. Um, I don't think of it as a, as a secret potion or a hidden algorithm or the mystery of the ages. It's, it's simply a way to help people frame their thinking so that they will make better decisions. You know, mm -hmm. they've come up with better strategic options. They will understand the implications of, of their external and internal environments better by keeping those fundamental principles in mind. And so, um, you know, exactly how to, to make that live and be the most effective and the most useful to people, um, that is still definitely 
a, a work in progress in both my thoughts and in, you know, the day-to-day things that um, I do and that we do through the value creation company. So I am, I am somewhat open to suggestions uh, for, you know, what is the best thing to do with, with V-Real going forward. And so if you have any great suggestions, I am, I am happy to hear them. But I have been very surprised um, at how people have found it to be useful, how they have taken it, extended it. Um, you know, I was, I, was very, I was very happy that you saw that it could be very useful for the MBA students. And I, like I said, I was happy to be reading um, some of the, the output from the cohort that you had forwarded in my direction. Mm-hmm. That's very gratifying, you know, and it's like, oh, wow, that's helpful to them. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes, I think um, Vireal, if it could be one of the frameworks, it could really be the foundational framework of an in, of an MBA program, including ours, or the MS business program for that matter. We, we like for our students to have things stick to their bones so mm-hmm. that, like you said, you continue to be inspired by how people use VReal. You can picture a student uh, a year out or two or five years out facing a situation and trying to make a decision under ambiguity and conditions of chaos and saying, how can we capture uh, what's important here? And they pull V-Real out and you can see a whiteboard in their workplace uh, where they have used V-Real to organize reality for some sort of purposeful action. And we won't be there for those moments when they happen, but if we felt confident that those moments were very likely to happen, as a result of having brought students close to V-Rail, I think that would be a big, a big win for us, um, you know, for generation, for the next generation of, of MBA leadership. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. It would be. And I think publishing, so here's, I'm sure you've thought about this uh, way more than I have. But getting V-Real into a visual format and then writing about it in outlets that would touch other business programs, um, you know, popular literature, I don't, I don't know if biz ed would be something that comes to mind, uh, different online publications, but if it could be packaged with brevity and impact and then picked up um, and, and injected into the bloodstream, if you will, uh, so that if I open the Chronicle of Higher Education, for example, uh, there's something that, that talks about V-Real. If it became part of our lexicon, um, I think that would be cool. I don't know how things sort of jump the, the chasm into, you know, becoming Porter's Five, five Forces um, or being their own vocabulary item, right? Making Webster's Dictionary. But yeah. that would that would be cool. Yeah, I, uh, I that would be very cool. Um, and and I you know true confession moment. I don't have that kind of brain that kind of goes automatically in that direction and understands 
how to make those things happen. And, you know, that's, that's just me. <laughs> yes. Well, ne neither do I. I think that's why we get collaborators yeah. on board. Yeah. And you have mentioned to me in the past that you wish we had some sort of visual representation. And, uh, you know, I played around with it a little bit, but, you know, nothing has, has stuck. <laughs> and so <laughs> if well, anybody listening to this and wants to try and do a visualization, let us know. <laughs> let us know. And one idea that we had, and, and I want to act on it, the, the current times of isolation um, have reprioritized a little bit, but it wouldn't prevent us from acting on this. So the students who have worked with VReal in this MBA class and have studied with you, studied international business with you, they will be here in the fall, as you know, for their final semester, taking electives and doing capstone. And we could call on a few of them, care carefully chosen for their strengths and interests, to do a design thinking activity uh, around VReal. So let's keep that one in mind and, and see if we can act on it in some way in the fall. We wouldn't necessarily um, get something useful, but I think we would get smart brains with different ways of thinking, students who are very visual, who have artistic strengths and interests, and they could help us maybe come toward a visual, be real, something like the business model canvas or any, any framework that, you know, 80% of the information that we gain and remember as humans comes through our eyes. So if you could say be real and people could just have a picture of it in their mind, then it would become more, more memorable right, right there. Right. Well, maybe, maybe one of the cohort will come up with a really good idea or maybe several of them will. Maybe several, maybe several of them. I think, I think I can lead them through a design thinking process. We could co-facilitate that. And that would take the best of all their individual ideas and then also allow them to hear each other's ideas and maybe build something to the point where you can then take it um, with Joan and others and, and see what's possible. Hmm. That sounds like a fun idea. Let's do that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, well, um, we are about to wrap up here with our official recording, but um, before we do wrap up, uh, if there is anybody listening to this podcast who would like to contact you uh, to find out more about what you're doing or the MBA program or whatever, um, how would people get in touch with you? So... Email is a fairly good way to get in touch. Uh, LinkedIn also. My email address is on the Tammy Mays website. My first initial J, my full last name, Mark Antonio, mm -hmm. at mays.tamu.edu. And uh, shoot me an email if you want to throw VReal in the subject line. I, I click there first. <laughs> One of my interests, but would love to hear from anyone who has ideas or would like to connect. Thank you for that. Okay, good. And you did mention LinkedIn too. So you're, you're out there in the, the business LinkedIn world. <laughs> Definitely on LinkedIn, get, get messages through, through LinkedIn as well. Okay, good. Well, once again, I, I really appreciate you agreeing to, to do this podcast. And uh, I've had fun talking today. I always learn things whenever I talk to you. So that's, that's good. <laughs> And uh, I, at this point, I think um, 
I will just say that it's been a pleasure to talk to you, but it's also been a real pleasure working with you over the last few years here at Mays. And I'm, I'm glad we get to continue doing that next year. Oh, I, I am as well. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you today about VReal and to be part of your work at the Value Creation Company. It's an honor. I, I learn way more, I think, than I'm able to give back, but it has made me wiser. And so thanks for allowing my voice to come into the dialogue. Thanks. Those are kind words. Much appreciated. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk to you later at some point in person again. <laughs> sounds, sounds great. Thank you so much, David. Take care. All right. Bye. Well, Janet is just charming, and that was just another great conversation. Yeah, charming is a good word for Janet. Um, she always makes me smile. It's always fun to talk with Janet. It's fun to work with her, too. She's very bright. She's very creative. Um, she really does have the interest of the students front and center. It's, it's, really, it's really good to work with her. It shows, it shows that she has those students front and center. The, the thing I really enjoyed uh, listening in on as I was listening to your conversation, uh, one thing stood out was this, this focus on uh, the introspection that at Mays, they're guiding these students through the process of really looking inward. And um, as part of that individualized leadership development program, and how eroding factors and thinking those through is really helping the students to identify uh, areas where they can, can really do some work to, to move toward becoming a better version of themselves and being more effective leaders. I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she uh, mentioned how they are trying to get the students to shift from that that inward perspective of I, 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 to a more outward perspective of we, you know, and, and that will help them advance in their careers post MBA program. Um, the fact that they can focus on what is outside them, what will help the team, the organization, you know, furthering the goals of wherever they are landing after the MBA program. So um, the fact that, that she sees VReal as being a useful tool for that, uh, yeah, it makes me smile. <laughs> it's gratifying. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, obviously, we've talked to a lot of people and, and seen so many applications for, for VReal that some were surprising, right? But I feel like this one shouldn't have been surprising. Um, and maybe it's just that we haven't circled back to the academic environment in a while. Uh, but it was encouraging to hear her talk and have her raise this this notion that VRIL has a place uh, in MBA education and among those frameworks that are so useful for all of us, right? For all of us who are trying to solve hard problems and navigate chaotic business environments. And, and so I thought that was really interesting and and good to hear from her perspective as an educator who's long served in this MBA setting mm -hmm. um, to, to bring that up. So that was really interesting. And the other thing that I thought was great was just 
how she talked about longevity, the L and V-Rail being yeah. her favorite, her yeah. favorite thing. And, and the way she brought that up was just, again, she's just, she's very sincere and um, her desire to, to leave individuals and places better and to have that legacy um, is really interesting. It's interesting to think about V-Rail in those terms. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know that I have a favorite letter in Be Real, <laughs> but uh, I do think that a primary goal for the Be Real framework has always been to get people to realize that there is time involved. Uh, there is time involved in everything that they're doing and every decision that they're they're trying to make and that that those decisions span time, you know, so, okay, you know, we're trying to come up with good strategy, better decisions, forcing people to ask that question, how long is this going to last? You know, how long will it take for this to happen? How long will it, it be before the eroding factors hit or the enabling factors are in place? You know, that, that concept of we live in time and everything that we do spans through time. So grappling with that has always been, um, you know, a, a absolutely fundamental key component of what I'm trying to get people to do. And so when she said, you know, that L was her, her favorite letter, you know, yeah, I smiled. <laughs> and I can understand that, you know, especially the way that she explained that, you know. Um, so... I hadn't thought about having a favorite letter. Maybe I should think about having a favorite letter, but I'm, I'm not sure that I can do that off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm not sure you should have a favorite letter of Vera. I think the rest of the world can. Okay. They're like the children. You can't have a favorite. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. This was a great conversation. I appreciated how she challenged you um, also to think about the longevity, so the, the long game for V-Real and, and kind of, you know, where, where, where do you take it from here? Where do we take it from here? And what does it look like? It's a challenging question to, to think about, let alone act on. Yeah, it is. And I, as I mentioned, when I was talking to her, I've had a, a variant of that question asked of me several times, and I, I still don't have a good answer for that. I want it to be something that is useful to people. And I, I hesitate to try and, and think about exactly how, I, and maybe there's a certain trepidation on my part of putting boundaries up that I shouldn't put boundaries up around it in the future, you know, because if you start thinking that something should grow in a particular way and it doesn't, then you're disappointed. And you know, <laughs> no, it's, it grows the way it should grow, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, I don't know, but it is a, it is a good question for us to think about. And I'm glad she made me think about it again. I'll probably be thinking about it for a while. <laughs> Indeed. It's good to have people turn the tables on us, right? Yeah, it is. We challenge people to think about, about their business using V-Roll as a framework. We should think about what we're doing using V-Roll as a framework. And we have, right? We certainly we do, have. yes. But, we do. Um, but it's good. And so I guess, you know, maybe, maybe the thing to put out there is, uh, you know, what do you guys think if you're listening? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, 
you know, it would be great to get feedback from people who are listening to this podcast. That would be, that would be really good. It would. It would. Well, I thought it was another great conversation. I am grateful for Janet's insight. I'm grateful that our students at A&M are getting some great leadership education as they go and prepare to go back out into the business world and have their MBA available to them and all those resources. And certainly you and Janet are doing a lot to ensure that this next generation is well-equipped to lead in a dynamic marketplace. <laughs> and it is very dynamic these days, that's for sure. Um, as I mentioned to her, I really enjoyed working with this last cohort. There, there are some really sharp people coming through the MBAs uh, here at Mays and and, and some really thoughtful, you know, they're not just smart, they're, they're thoughtful. Um, they actually are thinking very carefully about their role in the world, many of them, and, and that's good to see. It is. I think Vero will help them. Hope so. That's the goal. <laughs> Well, we hope it's helping these students. We, we are heartened by the fact that it is a tool that Janet is able to rely upon in working with MBA students at Texas A&M University Mays Business School. But we also want to make sure that this tool is available to you, our listeners. And so please do feel free to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, Value Creation Co. and drdavidflint.com. And Find those tools at valuecreationco.com that you can download that'll help you to think things through, whether you're talking about or thinking about your personal career, how you can contribute at your existing job, or if you're considering a new business or trying to take a business to a next level, pivoting in a very, very new sort of looking market that we have today. We have tools available for free to download at valuecreationco.com. We also, for now, have a free course that's a video course that David teaches online that will walk you through V-Rilling, something that's already on your mind. And David has made that free also on valuecreationco.com. So we hope you'll take full advantage of those resources, share them with your friends, follow us, engage with us on social media, and perhaps together we can figure things out, think more clearly, and make better decisions. Okay. Well, another great podcast. I really do enjoy talking to these people. They, they really are strategic thinkers, and very often they're just really nice people too. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So everybody out there listening, um, I hope that this has been uh, useful to you. And until the next time, just keep thinking. Bye.